Blog Talk Radio. something fierce unfortunately i'm the only one wearing headphones yeah <laughs> so uh welcome to another exciting episode of dungeon callers radio where we are at half mass yes half mass yeah we have half, half the team exactly half yeah <laughs> so uh if this show is not exciting we're sorry but it will Even be Even though you said it was already an exciting show it will be exciting See, i think um, we're at regular strength as opposed to maximum strength. Maximum strength, because yeah, this, is, this is what we used to run was a three-man crew. <laughs> yeah. And then we, then we exploded and, yeah. Yeah. It, like, it was like Tylenol. taking two Tylenol to going to seven. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, no, if you're going into seven, I think you're asking for something completely different. I think we're talking like uh, Death Wish or something. You're taking seven Tylenol. Either that or you're having trouble sleeping. Mm, it could be a wolf. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of both. So uh, I know the norm is we normally have a guest on the show, but we haven't lately. It, you know, we've been a little lazy. Let's face it. Life lazy. has been crazy. You mean after uh, after FantasyCon we're still lazy? Yeah. No. Oh, uh-uh. We're running around with our heads chopped off? No, this is no, this is <laughs> like we are still on cool down. This is this is cool down time, guys. Speaking of a recharge, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of cooldown, uh, we should probably mention who we are for those of you who don't know. Um, I am not Billy Bob Thornton. No, yeah. I'm Revan. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy named Joe. This is Colin. Yay! Woohoo! And everyone else is gone. That means this will not be an offensive show because Flagoon is not here. <laughs> or Ben. Yep. Ben will not be ha. making fun of little kids. Yep. Instead, he will be. Spending time with the mistress instead of me, for whatever reason. She's in town? Uh, uh, they're going to Vegas. Uh, his, his parents wanted to meet up, so they're meeting up down there. And oh, then, so if you're down in the uh, Las Vegas area, you could probably catch him on the strip. Hit up little Ben. Look, look for, uh, so look for the fat kid who follows around. He'll be the guy picking up idea. all the little cards on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> We totally need to do that. 
go down to Las Vegas and pick up all the cards? No, no, no. <laughs> His name is now officially changed. Again? Little Ben, the guy that picks up all the cards along the strip. <laughs> He's got a long bit of work ahead of him, then. Just a little. <laughs> does not Wait, have does, any does more he have good to ideas. Get the cards from the underground too, like from get up like the sewage or the little little crevices in Vegas that people live in. Apparently, if he wants like extra credit, I'm sure. It's like I'm, I'm I'll give him some, <laughs> I'll give him some big props if he does. There we go. He just has those big scrapers, something like that, a gum scraper, and just started going to town. Oh boy, where that did does we go? sound that does sound like a good idea, which is right up Ben's alley. We're great. <laughs> okay. So uh, coming up on this edition of uh, Dungeon Crawlers Radio, we will be having a whopping nine Gamer Forge questions. Hopefully, we'll be able to hit them all. Uh, we have plenty of time to hit them all. Yeah. There is nothing else we're talking about. Well, we got, and then uh, hopefully there's some moving and shaking in the geek world. So stay tuned for that. Uh, of yes. course, a uh, quick music break. Um, hopefully, ooh, can we play that? Uh, we play that uh, cover of Baby Buck, Baby Got Back again. Yes, we do have that still. Yep, yeah, it only takes up seven to eight minutes okay. of, of airtime. So <laughs> Perfect. let's go for it. It'll be great. <laughs> Give us a nice breather. Yeah, yeah. I know. So if you needed an extended bathroom break, go right ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> it's like, holy moly, it's been like crazy hot out here in Salt Lake lately. Reached 105 the other day, and I didn't know. I thought I was gonna die. So I went to get in my car the other day. 125 degrees in my car. So I, I have to ask, who, who put the Mount Doom post on our Facebook page? Because that was hilarious and awesome. Oh, that was Lane. Yeah. That was Lane or Lagoon. Yeah. I, just, <clears throat> I, I read that in my... Yeah, that's about right. I, my yeah. car is black. I hate getting into my car. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ah, t- Tuesday morning, I had to drive around meeting clients. My air conditioner was going, and I still felt like I was melting. <laughs> And yeah. However, uh, however, Revan and I have the uh, distinct uh, privilege of being ginger, and so yeah. the sun is like doubly effective against us. You know, whereas you know, like I guess to put it, I guess in geek terms, everyone else is like a fire Pokemon, but Revan and I are like we're like leaf Pokemon, and so like fire is like this heat is just killing us, just dying. See, I'm see I. And everyone gives me a very strange look for this, but I love humid humidity. I'd go down to the south. It could be 98 degrees and 80% humid. Oh. I'm okay with that. It's this dry heat. I just feel like I'm becoming a mummy. Sometimes I'm shriveling I just up. I wish I can just have a squirtle around all the time. Yeah. Squirtle? <laughs> yeah. Just Occasionally a, a blastoise. Yeah. yeah. Just, just in just, case. Yeah, because you know, it's so a big area, people. Mm-hmm. Squirtle. Spread the getting love. too hot. Come on. <laughs> spray me down. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, even better, if you have, like, the squirtle and stuff, if you shake it up, it'll be like soda. <laughs> it comes out seltzer water, right? Because, <laughs> you know, shaking up animals is, like, totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty sure Completely weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, DCR does not actually condone the shaking of animals violently to create... But we... No, 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 no. We completely and totally condone shaking a squirtle. If you can find a squirtle, go shake it. (laughs) Shake it. Put out seltzer water. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. Oh, then we could... We'll totally mix up some gin and tonics with that. Yes. Yeah. Can you implant or infuse a squirtle with, like, Sprite? 
So you have constant carbonated beverages. Well, see here. See here's here's what we do then. Because I think we I think we can do this because if we raise up a generate a couple of generations of Squirtles, in like, you know, like Florida or um, or like the the tropical islands where there's plenty of fruit beverages or yeah. fruit, you know fruit growing on the trees and stuff. See if they sort of take on evolution. At least my understanding of evolution dictates that that would happen. A that the citrus Squirtle. Yes. Yeah. And then all we just do is just yeah we put them in like the little the 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 paint mixer, and they're sitting there for about thirty seconds. Pull it out. Yes, awesome. that Squirtle probably has some sort of irreparable brain damage, but you know what? Just so I can have some all natural Sprite coming out of that thing. <laughs> yes, worth it. Done. I don't know if I'd want to drink Sprite out of a Squirtle. I'm sorry, <laughs> that just sounds wrong in so many ways. Yeah, we drink milk out of a cow. I just, I'm, uh-huh. <laughs> I just like, and I'm pretty sure I'm, and there's at least you one don't cow. have to milk it. <laughs> yeah. I have you to have say, to, not all of us squirtle. drink milk from a cow. Do a spread attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a refreshing Lyman attack. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here, open my mouth, just aim. aim right about <laughs> there-ish. Right. As it punches a hole right through your throat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> let's see, uh, let's see LeBron James. Try to endorse that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, while you guys have been talking, I've been collecting the uh, the geek news stuff we can talk about because let's just say we have to talk about some stuff. Okay. Because otherwise, we're gonna have a really weird show. We should begin then. That is a good mm-hmm. call. All right. Um. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with this one. I mean, this isn't really geek news, but this is just. An interesting topic. So, 13 actors who almost played superheroes. This could be very bad. So, Tom Cruise was almost casted as Tony Stark. That's right. He was originally slated to play Iron Man back in 1990. I would say 95, but it might be earlier than that. Yeah. So, uh, the biggest reason was John Favreau originally wanted Robert Downey Jr., but the insurance company said, no, yeah, no. Yeah, would not We're not going to cover him. him. Especially after his... Uh, yeah. Because at, at that time... Because he that, just barely gotten out of recovery or something like that. Yeah, or was getting into recovery, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they didn't want to touch him on that Yeah, one. so... Uh, and eventually, it came down... It, it was Tom Cruise. Uh, John Favreau was also looking at Clive Owens or Sam Rockwell for the role. Um, huh. But eventually, John Favreau said, okay, I will cover the insurance myself. And, well, history happen. is made because, I, 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 let's put it this way, I don't think uh, Tom Cruise could have pulled off Tony Stark. No. In fact, I mean, that was probably the best decision to do that because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that any money that John Favreau spent covering mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr.'s expenses on that one was probably more than made up. More than made oh, up. I'm he sure, made yeah. a tidy profit he on did. that one. So, Batman... Uh, Warner Brothers, uh, back when uh, Tim Burton was creating the Batman, mm-hmm. he wanted Michael Keaton. No, yeah, well, well it, it was, was Michael Keaton. Keaton. He wanted Bill Murray to play <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh huh. That's what. No. Well, yeah, Warner Brothers wanted Bill Murray to play the Dark Knight. Uh, oh, excuse me. This was before they brought in Tim Burton, but uh, they were also looking at Mel Gibson and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. You know, I mean, Mel Gibson, at that time, I probably would have 
I would have bought. Yeah. Especially with all of his other action movies, like yeah. The Lethal Weapon. Now there, um, but I don't. I can't see him as a good Bruce Wayne or Batman, to be honest. Who? Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. I can see Mel Gibson underneath the cape and cowl, but I don't see him being Bruce Wayne. Yeah. He's just I at this especially maybe, maybe it was Mel then. Gibson in the bat suit and then Alec Baldwin as yeah I can see Alec Baldwin yeah. being Bruce kind of Wayne. a yeah you know. that shrewd playboy sort of thing because yeah. I mean he was in what uh, was a Glengarry Glen Ross and yeah. you know coffees for closers one yeah. of my favorite monologues ever but yeah I just I don't th- I don't see either one of those two being both have to team and then out. in the mid nineties James Cameron was developing a Spider Man movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that. And uh, Edward Furlong was uh, slated to play Peter Parker. Yep. And Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doctor Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just say, thankfully, that never happened. Yeah, James Cameron. And then just ruined the whole series right yeah, there. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio was slated to play Spider-Man in the upcoming Sam Ramai version uh, that eventually went to Tobey Maguire, but uh, also slated for that was Freddie Prince Jr. and Jude Law. Yeah, thankfully yeah. we missed that one. I think all 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 of those were too pretty. Yeah, they were too pretty. Tobey Maguire had just the right look at that time. Uh, Jim uh, how do Jim Caviezel Caviezel was slated to play Cyclops. That I could see before James Marsden uh, was casted. So I think I could see him. I can see that. Yeah. So so then he went to go on to play the Jesus. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, at least, well, I mean, at least he traded he, up. He dropped. He actually he dropped out due to filming frequency. So oh, so then he traded down. Yeah, and then he went to play another superhero, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will Smith was almost uh, cast to play Superman in The Man of Steel. <laughs> that was uh, originally written by Kevin Smith. Oh, so uh, the the even crazier Superman. Yeah. The craziest possible Superman. The first black Superman. Well, I think they still went on with that idea when he played Hancock. So, oh. yeah. So, speaking of black Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black no, no, Captain no. America. We're going to talk about that one. I know. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Marvel's doing wow, some more stuff. Wow, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Sylvester Stallone was slated to play Superman. <laughs> Back when Richard Donner was doing it. So before he cast uh, Christopher Reeves, um, he was trying to do uh, Stallone. But uh, Rocky blew up and became a hot ticket item, and Sylvester Stallone yeah. went his own way. And rode that cash cow yeah. all the way till it couldn't be rode anymore. Yep. Uh, but it, earlier production, uh, Warren Beatty, Robert Redford, and Burt Reynolds were all considered. No. Yeah. No. No, Burt Reynolds. Oh, this is even better. They even met and to talk with John Voight and Neil Diamond to play his father. Not Marlon Brando. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Neil, Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond <laughs> as oh. Jarrell? <laughs> ah, you'll be traveling far across the space <laughs> from oh, a lonely star. I, that wow. would work. <laughs> that would... Would that not work? No. Just, oh, <laughs> I, turning Superman into a musical. Your planet, home Krypton, has been destroyed. That's it. We're bringing <laughs> Superman to Broadway. I think we could do it. Well, they did it with Spider-Man. Hopefully <laughs> Superman will be less stupid. I doubt it. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to Earth. It's a they, they still haven't put out a great movie, yeah. so yeah. I could totally write this whole song almost like Neil Diamond from <laughs> that song. Man, Today. Today. all right. 
Man of Steel was all right, but yeah. after how many tries? <laughs> that was all I'm saying. What five? Yeah. yeah. So Du Gray Scott. Uh, what he he was going to be uh, Wolverine. See, I th- I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad they did not yeah. settle on that one. Yep. Uh, he, he might have been able to pull it off, but I, no. Yeah, I don't know. there's there's at this yeah. point there's no way that Hugh Jackman yeah. could not be Wolverine. Yeah. Like he will play he will play that part. He will live with that part. Mm-hmm. He, he's like it's like the screech. He's like the oh, screech of superheroes. Well, and, now he will and never he, live that. He game. dropped out because he started shooting Mission Impossible too. So. Think, Hope that worked out well for him. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> uh, Marlon Wayans? Yep, yep. He was slated to, uh, just before Joel, Joel Schumacher took over the Batman franchise, Tim Burton was working on a third movie, and Marlon Wayans was slated to be Robin. Yeah. I am so glad that didn't happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, that would have, like, absolutely changed the direction. That would have. The, uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if that would have been better or worse. It would have been worse. You think it would have been worse? Just, just worse just, than Batman and Robin as it was. Very easily, just go watch Dungeons and Dragons as Marlon Wayne as Ridley's sidekick, and you will completely know that it would have failed. So I'm thinking snails with nipples on his uh, oh, yeah. on his chest plate. Yep. 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 Uh, with Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins, Jake. Gyllenhaal almost became Bruce Wayne. I think he could have pulled it off. Really? Yeah. He he had the look. I mean, he does have the look. I think he could have pulled it off. But I mean, maybe maybe just maybe a slight too young looking for the yeah. Bruce Wayne that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. But but yeah yeah. And Henry Calville was on the list as well, uh, which is very interesting that he ended up not being Batman and then he's now Superman. Uh, yeah, Emily he, Blunt. He needed to mature. Yeah, Emily Blunt uh, almost was uh, the Black Widow. I think she would have been a much better choice, in my opinion. But that's okay. Yeah, she would have been fine, especially after seeing her in uh, the recent uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Man, she kicked some really. She got some big action chops. Yeah. Well, I've only seen her in romantic comedies, and then yeah. seeing her in this, it's like, wow, she could pull something like that off. Yeah, kind of hard to get. Um, to find the that total package, yeah, you know, except for I mean, oh god, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but it had um, oh gosh, I can't remember who it was. There was an action film and it had um, one of the female MMA stars, yeah, and it was actually like pretty good, like she was actually pretty hmm. decent at the wow. part, and I'm like, but it's hard to find that complete package in, um, well, actors in general, but especially for a female part, huh. um. In a superhero movie. Yeah. And then Josh Harnett was offered $1 million to star in a Superman trilogy, but turned it down. A million? That's all? Oh, excuse me, $100 million. Oh, okay. Sorry. $100 million. <laughs> um, Yeah. Who was, he being, who was he being propositioned by? Dr. Evil? Wolfgang Peterson and Brett Ratner. Nah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Suddenly, I can actually totally believe the million-dollar part. Yeah, Brett Ratner. So, uh, Josh Krasinski, John Krasinski, John Krasinski almost played Captain America. <laughs> Luckily, Chris Evans got the part. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, otherwise that would have been really, sad. really, really, really. So, all right, let's. So there's uh, that. I've got tons of stuff. 
Uh, let's see here. Kind of bad news on the technology front. Microsoft is set to axe 18,000 jobs. One of its deepest job cuts in its 39-year history. Uh, let's see here. More, yeah. Well, good news for Microsoft is their Xbox One sales started going up after they got rid of the Kinect. Yeah. It all of a sudden doubled their sales. <laughs> What they, they took the connect out of it? They took yeah, the they connect out of one of um out of one of the options and boom. Hmm. Yeah, suddenly. Uh, Why people would people okay be okay with buying a system that doesn't have a spying device built into it? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, so the job cuts are uh, expected to cost them about one. See, uh, see, including see. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to read through this again. Uh, Microsoft says that the, the job cuts, including severance pay, will cost them about a billion, or a little over a billion, to a billion and a half over the next year, but it's probably going to keep them in business. Most of the jobs are going to be coming, being cut through cell phone company Nokia. Nice. So, so that sucks. Yeah. That's, well, they have to do that. So... Uh, if you've been out on the internet, you've you've heard that Marvel is doing some some crazy things. They've announced that Thor will be a woman. Yep. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, see, I know a lot of people have been freaking out over this, but this is not the first time that Thor or the powers of Thor have gone to a female. Back in 2004, they did this as well. Um, but they're, it sounds like they're doing a little bit differently. Because before it was, you know, Odin got mad at Thor. He took the hammer away, and then this one lady was so valiant of heart, she was able to pick up Nunir, and she took upon, you know, the powers and, you know, took Thor's toys for, for a while. Um, so the new series is going to be called God of Thunder. Uh, God of Thunder. Uh, oh no! Excuse me. It's going to be called Thor. Um, it's written by Jason Aaron, and it includes art from Russell uh, Dutterman. Um, this is—I'm just going to go over this real quickly. So this is going to be an all-new Thor, God of Thunder. No longer is the classic male hero able to hold the mighty hammer. So it, it, again, it sounds like we're going to come along the same theme where it's like, okay, Thor's no longer. The you God know, of Thunder. He's, he's no longer good enough to carry the hammer, so they're giving it to someone else. Uh, so a brand new female hero will emerge, will be uh, worthy of the name Thor and the hammer. So uh, they're not really releasing who, what her name is or what connection she has to Asgard in the Marvel Universe, but they're just going to say, okay, this chick's now Thor. So it's really interesting huh. they're doing that because also Captain America... You know, like it was mentioned, is going to be uh, is going to be a black Captain America. Well, where the story behind that is, is for some reason now, Captain America, he's 90 years old, and suddenly he's lost all of his superpowers. He's physically and mentally now he just reverts to a 90 year old man. Okay, so um, all, the, all that uh, the super soldier serum basically catches up to him. Yeah, it kind of disappears, yep. and so. Uh, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, then steps into Captain America's suit and takes over. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I can see why 
he would, why, why, why Wilson would. Yeah. But what I'm not understanding is it's like, because it, it takes a little bit more than just putting on the flag and grabbing the shield. Well, because as demonstrated by uh, Bucky. Um, well, yeah, during the, um, the Civil War. Yeah, during the Civil War when they were trying to convince Hawkeye to wear the flag because he was the only other person who could actually throw the shield and catch it without dying. Yeah, look it up, kids. It happened. Oh, yeah, no. People, Captain yeah. America shot in the head. Yep. Well, 88, yeah, 88 people had tried before him yeah. to throw the shield and catch it, and they all died. Yeah. Because they couldn't do it. Had just got decapitated. Well, by yeah. The, you know, pretty much, and then Hawkeye was the only one who could do it, so that's why they tried to convince him to, mm-hmm. to step in. And he said no. So I'm, like, wondering, is, like, how are they doing that? Because it's, like, I'm pretty sure if, uh, I'm pretty sure if Falcon was going to try to do that, I'm seeing a similar result. I don't want Falcon to die. I don't think Falcon will die. I think, I think they have some form of serum that was left over somehow within the universe, or there's someone who has I don't managed know. to recreate it throughout the... Well, the universe and I don't know. Do you think artificially maybe, give them maybe the... good old Banner came back? And... Yeah, they. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I mean, there's there's a lot of I mean, there's that there's that issue. The other issue is why are they taking a classic superhero that they went through the in, the process of bringing back to life to suddenly make him a ninety year old man and uh-huh. he has no powers and he's physically and mentally in no condition to do anything now. It's just, like, really weird. So, because it's not like his body is 90 years old. He was cryogenically frozen, technically. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... I'm sure as the series progresses, they'll... Yeah, they'll have an explanation. There'll be some explanation, because, you know, they they know the whole plan. We don't. Yeah. Um... You know, and I think it is a good idea that the Falcon's stepping in. You know, it's nice seeing someone else saying, hey, you know, the symbol that is Captain America needs to, to go on. Oh, I agree. And so, you know, we've seen several people try to step in. We've seen Bucky try to step in. Um, but the plain, simple truth is Captain America isn't Captain America without Steve Rogers. Because... His ideals is just so different than anyone else's. That's very, yeah, it's very true. It's, it's almost, even after all these years, like, the ideal that he was striving for remained untainted in him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the rest of America sort of kind of became jaded yeah. or, or just changed. Yeah, well, I mean, we've changed just because of the wars and how we progress. So Yeah, just, uh, I mean, just life took its, took its toll. Yeah. I mean, one thing that they are saying is Rogers isn't still isn't completely out. It, this is pretty how I'm seeing this is pretty much Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, old Steve Rogers is sitting in his his uh, shield remote. You, you know kit, that I can see, and he's then talking into you know Sam's ear, and he's giving him strategic advice and running missions from the headquarters in the Avenger ma- mansion. I mean, that's exactly what they're they're saying here. So it's like. Actually, this is you pretty think, much Batman Beyond. Yeah, when you, but, but Captain when you say America it like style. that, though, that actually sounds like pretty sweet. Yeah, give uh, give Captain America a cloaking device and let him fly. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm seeing this. All right. Yeah. Actually, so uh, I, I was a, I was actually a big fan of Batman Beyond. So I'm I'm actually kind of sold on this idea. So who remembers Rainbow Bright? 
Rainbow uh, Bright. Yep. Me. Never Classic me. 1980s cartoon. I, I remember it. Guess what? It's coming back to TV. Really? Uh, actress Emily Osment. Uh, if you don't know who she is, she played Lily from uh, Hannah Montana. Uh, she's also in that new TV series on ABC Family, uh, Young and Hungry. And uh, she's going to be doing Rainbow Brad's voice. Okay, so bring it back as another cartoon. Not Hannah Montana. Not crazy Miley Cyrus. It was her friend. Not so crazy. But yeah, Rainbow Bright. Anyone who was in that show was crazy. Crazy. Totally crazy. (laughs) That shiz crazy. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like a... uh, I'd, I'd like to see like a totally hardcore gritty reboot of Rainbow Bright. So I'm, I'm thinking the horse should be like have like a murderous streak. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the creators of the TV series Gotham, uh, they're doing something really intriguing uh, with the villain, the joke, the villain Joker. Uh, what they've announced is every episode this season will introduce a n- new uh, introduce a uh, a potential Joker character in every episode. So it's so like we don't know. We won't know who the Joker really is. Mm-hmm. So it's a mystery. It's somebody, going to be a mystery. Somebody better call Scooby Doo in the crew. First season, so. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good idea, though, because it's going to keep us on our toes. Even though there's going to be other people coming in and out, it's like that guy could be the Joker. Yeah. No, that guy could be. And so it keeps you really involved. Yeah, it's going to analyze. You're going to want to go to the end. Yeah. So, um, and then they reveal who the Joker is, and then it's like, okay, what now? Well, I, I don't. I, I think they could carry that on. I would say at least two seasons. If you carry it on beyond that, you're gonna be really yeah, stretching spend, that storyline. Yeah, spend like the last like yeah. six episodes of the second season. Yeah. Building up to the events that make the Joker. Yeah. I mean, all I would say is please don't do what they did in Smallville, where, like, the first three, four seasons were all about meteor rocks. Come on. Ugh. Kryptonite is the most rarest substance in the universe, and yet in Smallville, it's everywhere. <laughs> Stuff did, grows on trees. You, I mean, I love the show, but that was the one thing that annoyed the crap out of me. Oh, let's go into the old, where, you know, factory. Oh, look, there's a stockpile of kryptonite in here. Yeah. So, it's a great idea for the Joker, but I would say max of two seasons. Yeah. And then you got to do something. You got to yeah, do a reveal. Gotta reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Now that doesn't mean he fully becomes the Joker, but maybe. But make you know, it pretty clear that really clear this that, guy that will be the Joker. Joker. Yeah. So the uh, X Men First Class writer, uh, uh, brought on Ro- Roberto Orsi. Oh, yeah. They did uh, Transformers and and Star Trek. Yep. He will be doing the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers live-action movie. Two words. That's it. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's Morphin time. You know, actually, you know what, though, with with Orsi's track record, because he also did um, the show, uh, what was that, Fringe? Mm-hmm. And having the, the the Star Trek movies under his yeah. belt and the trans I mean Transformers aside, a job. yeah, so. that's just like I can see this. This is good. This has become good, good pedigree going. So keeping along with the TV, uh, geek news: uh, Star Wars Rebels, the new upcoming uh, animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just announced that Jason Isaacs will voice the Inquisitor, so the main villain. So, oh. Uh, Hmm. 
he, he's but a mouthful. No, he he has an amazing uh, villain voice. I mean, just and I have seen the Harry Potter movies, but where I really saw him play an amazing villain was uh, the Patriot uh, with Mel Gibson, where he's. He is a British soldier, but man, yeah, he's got the look. He's got the look. He plays dirty, and you know, he's, yeah, he's not willing to shoot a as guy's kid. As long kids. as he's not a pansy little Sith Inquisitor like good old Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, none well, of that. Okay. will be good. Well, yeah, this is how I see it. As long as he is uh, Draco Malfoy in the beginning of the series, it's after Vald. Voldemort comes back where he becomes this sniveling yeah. wimp. I hate that. So as long as he's not that way as this Sith, this Sith Inquisitor, I think we're good. Because as Draco Malfoy, he was pretty, you know, he seemed like, yeah. wow, I don't want to mess with that guy. But... Yeah, he wields a lot of power. And then and he went weird. Don't... Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... He became a little... This is how they're des- describing the Inquisitor. He's cold, analytical, and he does, doesn't get angry. So this is going to be very interesting for a Sith, you know, because Sith they yeah, use their anger. Gotta, well, yeah, it's got to, but it's got to, got to have his stuff in check, you know. Yeah. Gotta... So uh, let's let's jump over here. Um, so Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters, guess what? You can go pick up a local comic because they're being mashed together. There's going to be a Ninja awesome. Turtles Ghostbusters team up. Coming soon from uh, IDW. From my, oh, really? You, yeah. Lil Ben is probably freaking out about that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah. I just don't sweet. know how this it's works. It's going to be so interesting. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? The Ninja Turtles. And then the Ghostbusters? I don't know. I mean, really, how is that going to work? I mean, the, the Ninja they're, Turtles going to work. Gonna be awesome. The, are they going to beat up do. the zombies while they're, they're shooting at the ghosts? some proton weapons? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, it kind of makes sense. They're both in New York City. Here's my proton sword. But, yeah. <laughs> How is this going to work? You give a ninja a proton pack? Yeah. Ooh. It could just be like... That, that, Ninjitsu com- with proton packs? Yes. It could just get... So that could be flying around pages? doing their thing. I bet okay. you Shredder came back as a ghost. <laughs> they got to team up on that? Yeah. Yeah! All right, so this is this is the little <clears throat> elevator pitch to have it. Transported into a different universe by a faulty invention, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles find themselves in a New York City much like their own, but with one major exception, a rampant ghost problem. If it weren't enough, the Turtles and their reluctant new host, the Ghostbusters, soon find that the Turtles didn't come alone. So we're going to have ghosts and Shredder teaming up? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Go, my foot soldiers, <clears throat> who are gills. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Sounds kind of cool, but kind of... They better increase the size of... I can't stop smiling, actually. On trap. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not kidding. A guy named Joe has the largest smile on his face. I mean, even more so than when he found out Daniel Craig was doing more James Bond movies before Skyfall. See, this is what... They could just have the cover... The cover will just be a picture of, of like, Michelangelo wearing one of the proton packs. Mm-hmm. And it would just be, like, 25 pages, just blank pages. Would have no panels, no dialogue, no nothing. I would buy that. <laughs> so shut up, IDW, and take my money. Nice. Do it. Uh, in PlayStation news, 
Yeah, you got to talk into the mic, man. Oh, yeah. And PlayStation News. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Destiny, let's be honest here. Everyone should be familiar with Destiny. Mm-hmm. Coming out by Bungie. Uh, they decided, hey, let's release the beta. Have a bunch of people come on for the alpha. Well, apparently all their servers crashed because they had too many people coming on to play it. For the... Because I know the, the, the beta opened early for PlayStation, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah, for the alpha. And then uh, apparently it would just couldn't take it. Too many vast <laughs> connections. Wow. And PlayStation decided to have some network problems. Ah. <laughs> took them right out of the park. Wow. But supposedly, all the content this isn't looks the fantastic. First time, that they've had that issue. Uh, usually it's because of hackers. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. Stealing credit card well, information. The, well, yeah, but but the PS3 had a very similar issue when they brought out, uh, what was that, dragon riding game that they had. The very beginning. I can't remember its name. But that that crashed their servers. So, I, I don't know. That, that, that doesn't oh, bode very well for that company. the worst server crash I ever saw um, was with... Oh, what was it? It was Call of Duty Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By Treyarch. Treyarch just could not handle the traffic that night. I can... Uh, me and a couple of uh, my fellow Geek Squad agents back in the day <laughs> decided we were going to have a little LAN party. So, we got together, bought the game that night, went right home to play it, and you go into the server and you're just skipping all over the place. Wow. Like, you could not shoot anything. Really? It was horrible. And then, like, within an hour, all the systems just crashed. Oh. And it was down for 24 Boom. hours. Oh. Boom. That is terrible. So horrible. Oh, man. So, yeah, hopefully uh, when that finally hits to Xbox One on uh, July 23rd, so, like, a week and It'll so be away. Great. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, hopefully they'll get that cleared up and that can yeah. be ready to go. Because, I mean, that's... Cause, I like, just don't I got trust there. Treyarch, so... Yeah. <laughs> sure, they're, yeah they're, they're the worst gaming company out there, I uh, think. Oh. Yeah, they're... But, like, uh, you, would, you would think, though, after how many years of having these same exact problems, that they would know... Oh, yeah. To like have... Beef up our network. Come yeah. on. Yeah, and you only have to have it beefed up for a few weeks as, you know, the traffic starts to settle in. Yep. And then... Then you just sort of calm things down. But no, 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 no. Never fails. Yeah, fails everywhere. Ugh. Oh, well, so hopefully they'll have it ready by the 23rd. Fingers crossed. Uh, okay. You got something? Yes, more? actually. Uh, see, BBC News reports that uh, the recent leaks of the uh, new uh, several episodes, or I guess several scenes and several scripts of the new Doctor Who series were leaked uh, about a couple of weeks ago, because one of their, um, see, one of their employees, so they're not naming exactly who or what position that employee worked in, but they placed all of the footage and the uh, and the script segments on a, an, an unsecured network online, and someone was effectively poaching, waiting for that stuff to wait for that stuff to appear, which that in itself kind of says, I'm like. Are, you sure this wasn't an inside job? Yeah. Right there. So thankfully, though, the people who did scoop it up were, were for the most part, pretty nice and didn't actually reveal to the rest of the world what they saw. But at the same time, though, it pretty much that 
uh, that drew out like all the um, all the big wigs at the doc, uh, the Doctor Who series, like Stephen Moffat and even Peter Capaldi was uh, commenting on his Twitter account about you know it's like people who leak that kind of information online pretty much deserve to be shot. He was not nice about it. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Moffat was even more so. Hmm. He, was, he was even he was even nastier wow. about it. So at the same time, though, I mean, this wasn't the first time though that uh, Doctor Who was revealed. Like no. a, couple, a couple years ago, they accidentally released some of the box well, sets on well, DVD, but that was even, Amazon's. Not fault. even a couple years ago, just last year. Was that last year? Yeah. Okay, because um, I remember that still fresh in my mind. Yeah the uh, the second half of season seven was because uh, they had the name of the Doctor. That mm-hmm. episode, that DVD set went out before the show was even aired. Oh, so, I actually tr- just watched that. And the that reason I know that is because I bought one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, and it's not, and I understand they're doing the best they can, but there's just, there's things like that that happen. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's like, and it's, it's a good thing, though, that there are still people who are like, whoa, sensitive information. I really should not be revealing this because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are looking forward to having a surprise. Oh yeah, you know, and definitely. Yeah. So it's like, I've, you know, it's like a week after the show airs. If you haven't seen it, then fair game. But if the show hadn't even aired yet, yeah. So good on the people who were actually cool about this. Yeah. So well, I was gonna say uh, the Avengers. They've kind of hinted at what's going on. So apparently Ultron is been uh is Stark's latest plan to mm-hmm. save the universe cuz you know, he he thinks he needs some time off. So he builds Ultron. Hey, he he can police, he can do all of this for us and uh, we can just hang out, have fun. Yeah. Um yeah, he was just revealed on the cover of Entertainment Weekly if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be very interesting how they pull this off with you know Tony doing that. Um, so if you want to check that out, go to, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to our uh, friends over at Geek Tyrant. Go check out their webpage and there's just so much I can't go over it. Uh, they've got a wonderful post on there and you can read over it because it, let's face it, it's spoilers. Oh yeah. yeah. Spoilers galore. Yeah. So, uh, <coughs> the vision. Yeah. <laughs> Fun cameos revealed for Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's run through these. Nathan Fillion will be dolled up. Nathan Fillion will be dolled up as a monstrous inmate. Rob Zombie lends his voice as the Raven, the Ravager Navigator voice. Oh, really? James Gunn uh, will appear in the film as one of the uh, maskless uh, Sorokins. And also appearing in the film, uh, though not as a cameos actor, Fred the Dog, who uh, assumes the role of Cosmo, which we've also been told that Nathan Fillion is doing the voice for. Huh. <laughs> Um, That's pretty cool. However, there is hints that we may see a Marvel character showing up in, in Guardians of the Galaxy to tie things in. So we may be seeing Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, this, are they just throwing that out as like a speculation? Or yeah. Are they, okay. But it, 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 um, they're just, they're thinking that, gun, that, uh, you know, Gun is uh, James Gunn is crazy enough to throw him in there because technically he, he, Howard the Duck, he is part of the Marvel, Marvel universe, universe and a, a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he does he plays <laughs> he does have some small cameo appearances. So really, yeah, 
Okay, now I'm like, now I really want to see this. Well, not only that, it could just to see that it could resurrect that, you know, them showing up. So what? Howard the Duck? Yeah. Doing a reboot? Come on, everyone loved that show. I did actually. Leah Thompson. So that was a big part of my childhood, actually. Mm -hmm. Howard the Duck. I didn't get like half the jokes in until I saw it again a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm like, wow, this is actually a little more adult than I remember. Come on, Ducky. Yeah. So a little uh, shout out for FantasyCon. Yes. With uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. If you guys had your um, picture taken with the Guardians of the Galaxy backdrop, uh, they are giving away tickets to the pre-screening for some of the best um, pictures of that. Um, so does that mean we qualify for everything? I mean, we how many pictures do we take? Four thousand. Four thousand. We've well, got we to have get some. one in the Guardian of the Galaxy background. Oh, you have to have that in the background. But yeah, there's I this really that. awesome one mm-hmm. um, that's posted on here with uh, Consuela yeah. from Family Guy, the uh, the Mexican cleaning lady. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, very nice. I'm I'm cracking <laughs> up over it. Very nice. <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure that's the best Guardian of the Galaxy ever. No, you no, no fuera. <laughs> no fuera. Talking no fuera. Nice. <sighs> Alrighty. Okay. So, I got one more thing. Do you got another thing? Oh, I got a couple. All right. Um, so, real quickly, we'll run through this one here. Um, uh, Deborah Ann Wool from uh, the uh, from the television show True Blood. She will she has now signed on to play Karen Page in the reboot of the Daredevil. Um, or no, uh, yeah, no, sorry, in the thirteen episode. No, oh, no, the television show Daredevil. Sorry, the the way that uh, see here, I'm uh, IMDb reports that. Uh, see, they're going to do a 13-episode series so far starring Vincent D'Onofrio, Rosario Dawson, Elvin Henson, and Peter Shinkoda. And apparently now, Deborah Ann Wolf. So look forward to um, Karen Page probably showing off her lady parts. Because oh. she does that. Yeah. And then she dies. Okay. I'm sorry. I used I actually was a big Daredevil aficionado, so I was yeah, way into that. So I remember all those, all the crazy parts. Yes. All right, so... Ten fictional objects we all wish were real. Shall we go through this? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start at the very, very bottom of the list. So, all righty. Yeah, not the comments. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I went too far. Yep. Uh, the invisibility cloak. Yeah. Let's face it. We all wish we had one. There are there, some moments are in time some where very key moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we wish appear for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But did you ever watch the show uh, Sci-Fi Science? Yeah. Was on the, yeah, they did an episode where they, he tries to make mm-hmm. where uh, Mich- Michio Kaku tried those. to make an invisibility cloak. He also tried to make a lightsaber once. <laughs> oh yes. Backfire. No, actually, it's a lightsaber. I mean, it's not like exactly what we would think of as a lightsaber, but like you can make. He it actually, one. he physically was able to make a lightsaber that would a, work. Yeah, it's a plasma torch, yeah. and then powered by hearing, a monofilament. Um, yeah. it, was, it was like a bunch of college students. They mm-hmm. they had like some plasma that they filled up in mm-hmm. like a fiberglass. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they decided, hey, let's have a lightsaber battle and explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. 
Not a good Aww. idea. Yeah. Uh, the Sonic Screwdriver from Doctor Who. Yes, there are several of us that wish we had the one. The Sonic McGuffin. Yeah. Uh, the honorable mention. We all wish we had a jetpack. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Would that not be awesome? The bounty That's hunting sad. days. Yeah. My backpack. It's got jets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm My Boba. backpack got jets. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want this one, but magical wands. Yeah. No. I don't. Wands just don't do it for me. A staff, I'd rather have maybe. the force. Yeah. A staff I could see, but a wand that just that just says so. Th- Small. Since we were talking about sprite spraying squirtles, the Pokeball. <laughs> what? So you can they can use turn a any living organism. No. They can turn any living organism into guys. energy and then store it in the device. But this is how I'm going to get married. No. We just find a Master Ball, throw it at the hottest girl I can find. Turns oh, her into energy, she gets trapped in the ball, and then she's, she now obeys Mind you forever. But here's the thing, forever. though. If you don't have all eight badges, though, you won't be able to control her. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. So okay, guys. guys. We, gotta, we, we gotta need learn. to go on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've got to go on a quest. You've got to yeah. be the very best, the best there ever was. Yep. Best there ever was. I don't know. I'd, I'd join you on that one as long as I get to be Brock. I'd be Brock. Man. Oh. I'd, I'd follow up on you. Brock. squint all the time. We're going to have to make you black, though. So? Okay. So we'll just like spread some mud or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not even touching Do that. Do the reverse one. Michael Jackson effect. Okay, so here we go. I'm not even touching that one. This one, the point of view gun from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know how many? You know how many you people know how many, I want to thump upside the head? You know how many arguments would end really quickly? <laughs> you don't. You don't agree with me? Boo. Oh, really? really Yeah, there are some people I would not want to have that. But man, it would save me a whole lot of... (laughs) A Stargate? As cool as that would be, Mm -hmm. that's a little too dangerous. I've watched the entire series of SG-1. Oh no, there are places I would not want to go. I'm assuming some things would follow back. Yeah. Someone would get scared not having the... Tactical well, knowledge. Well, NASA has been getting audio back from space from, from some beyond. unknown region. Well, yeah, because uh, all the probes have been out there for probably the outer rim. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe we'll find Han making the 12 parsec run. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. The tricorder. So that you can yeah. analyze anything and everything. It never. It does. It just seems to analyze everything. It gives you everything you need. Yeah. Takes readings from every possible. Yeah. That'd be handy, actually. I could see that. The babblefish. Yes? Yeah. So that we could... You don't know the babblefish? Babblefish? It's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They put it in your ear. You it understand translates. every language. It oh. automatically translates everything. Like that. Yeah. That's totally benign. A bunch of my friends speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It drives me crazy. When they do that? Because I'm the only one around them that, that does not. understand, yeah. And, and so, so finally... Like, really? You guys are probably saying something about me right now. Oh, yeah. So here's... I know what I'm saying, though. We could finally understand Creole and Pikey. Yay! We would finally be able to understand that if and we had Klingon. And yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> no, that's no, you'd have to. I don't know. This one would be out, would be super handy whenever there's an argument as well. The neuralizer. <laughs> Flashing thing. You never knew. <laughs> wait a minute. It's 2014. It was just like 2009 yesterday. What are you talking? What? Oh, whoops, forgot my setting. Hang on a second. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, back there. Aww. The hoverboard. 
<laughs> yes, oh, it's everyone still wants there. It. Everyone wants one. Someday. They even made an ad this year. You know how many... Stupid April Fool's. It's not happening. Yeah, you know how many... Uh, how People many injuries are going to be... think it's real. Still. Oh, I know. Well, it's, it's be because they had the Christopher home. Lloyd on there. And, yeah. You, know, you can tell... I'm, I'm just going to say this. Watch the video. Do you see how unsmoothly those people are moving? You can tell they're hooked well, up to you wires. Well, checking the frames, too. And, like, you can see, like, a little shiny piece oh, of something yeah. while, it's, while they're moving along with it. Well, it's it. Just, I, just watching them. They, they're clunky. It's like, no. Yeah. If that thing was moving as it should... It would be very smooth. Be so smooth and just. I mean, and but they're like, yeah, the hoverboard. All right, the vortex manipulator. Yes, we all want to tra- travel in time and fix mistakes. Yeah. Or go to the future, or go to the past, and then change your future. That could be fun. I'd go yeah. into the past. Yeah. Take there a, are some take, things that I'd change. Take a sports almanac with you. <laughs> yeah, because that wouldn't have serious repercussions. Never. No. Buy a few shares in Apple. Yeah. IBM. Yeah, just buy like two shares, something completely innocuous. I, I'm I, I'm buying a thousand shares on this thing called Google. What the heck is Google? I'll just I, go just back, doing it. kill Steve Jobs, and then take over the empire. And just step in, so then we would call you Steve Jobs. Yep. No. I'll be Steve Jobs. You know, instead of you, instead of Google, it'd be what? What was that? Google or Google? Google, yeah. Google, yeah. <laughs> and they're actually making a sequel to that movie. I don't know how, but all right. They go back. Even I think further. I would rename the company Crapple. Crapple. Let's <laughs> see if people run with it. <laughs> and the final object of the ten that we all wish we had, including Colin, a lightsaber. Yes. Yeah. I want it because let's how face you- it. Who doesn't want a lightsaber? Oh, perfect time for the plug. Yes. Okay. Go 800 ahead. likes on our Facebook page. I will create my own Jedi cosplay, and we will create, like, an episode or some mini web series of me running around in Jedi robes doing really cool things. It'll be awesome. There's a video of me on our Facebook page doing a lightsaber duel like <laughs> yeah. eight or nine years ago, something like that, <laughs> back when I was in high school. It's a long time ago. I'm old now. Uh, welcome to the club, Colin. Right? Yep. Life post-high school, post-college. <laughs> uh, How long ago was high school? Uh, I graduated in 08, so uh, seven years ago. Yeah. Ish. Seven-ish. Uh, Six, seven years ago. Yeah, I know. And then Rev here is just like... <laughs> Mike graduated like 40, 40 years ago. My 20-year anniversary, or 20-year high school reunion's coming up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I haven't even gotten my first reunion. <laughs> wow. I feel old. <laughs> but I really, I really, really want to do like a Plo Koon cosplay. Not many people do Plo Koon. That's tough. That's going to be a lot of like uh, a lot of latex, be rubber. And then you got to wear that funky mask. And really you mean hot. that awesome and, mask? No, I I, I have his to admit, lightsaber he is, is my favorite. He, he has an amazing lightsaber. He does look really cool. I can see that costume getting really hot. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, no, I mean it would be cool because uh, you're right. A lot of people don't do that character. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. One of the leading members of the Jedi High Council. Yeah, that's right. 
You're also one of the first to die in the execution of Order 66, just saying. Oh. <laughs> Order 66. And technically, I'm still alive. Ha ha. Rue you, Jar Jar Binks. Hmm. the expanded universe. Yeah. Revan's still alive. Dark he's guy named a, Joe is even alive. He's in a suspended animation bubble by some creepy Sith Lord dude still living out there. Yeah. You know, That's right. <laughs> I really, really hope that one of the existing Jedi Knights after that time decided, hey, I'm just going to become a gray Jedi because I hate all of you. And I really hate Jar Jar Binks. So I'm just going to go kill him. Because I, I'll he screwed us all over. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. It really was him who... I'm, I, I, I'm trying to think of a... I'd like, I don't say. I want to give him the, the, the benefit of the doubt and say that Jar Jar was more like the pawn being moved. If I was a he was. man. He was the pawn being moved, but he was very... <laughs> I, the fact that this is the one thing that... And I know he did it this way so it could work, but the planet Naboo is uh, filled with a bunch of idiots. Yeah, it is kind of a so backwater planet. Their their entire social structure is the young have power. I mean, come on, Amidala was what, 12? Yeah. 13, maybe 14? 13, I think. I, yeah. yeah. And she was so. queen of an entire planet. Yeah. And then she got too old. Yeah. You know, and she then, turned 18. Yes. Yeah. And then they put... So the in, following queen, um, the following queen at the end of episode three was like a similar age. She yeah. was like 14. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, so, and then you go, and then you look at the Gungans, and what do they do? They put Jar Jar in power. It's like, come on. Yeah, planet. that is your representative. General Binks in the house. Come on, at least put okay, the, stupid, your... the general guy that walked in and go, no, Jar Jar, you in big doo-doo. I mean, come on, that guy had more yeah, sense I, I, in his head. I could see that was that Captain Tarple, I think that was his yeah. name. But yeah, I could see that. Someone who actually had experience leading, yeah. being your representative on the first, uh-huh. on, you're the first representative of the Galactic Council. You're, the, you're, you're representing your entire planet, let alone your entire species, and you send the, the biggest being ever. Yeah. But, Ever, but so I can, I can see a fl- flip side to this. Maybe it wasn't them; it was Padme. You know, technically Padme is the, is the center problem of oh. everything as well, because she did she did uh, you know give a vote of no confidence against Chancellor Valorum, which got him out. Yeah, which technically started the vote to get but, uh, him but, in. But didn't she do that at the behest of of um, of uh, Senator Palpatine? Well, Palpatine did manipulate her, but. It could be that Jar Jar was in his Senate position because she's like, well, he, you know, he did help out, and he she help. she pushed it. Yeah. And then, of course, she pushed. And she, and her word would carry a lot of weight. He yeah. helped out. Well, yeah, because okay. she, well, she didn't from see her, did he ever help out from her point of view? Yeah, from her point, because she didn't actually see the battle go down. The only person who would have known was Captain Tarples. Yeah. Which he should have gone to the bar with everyone else that night. And told them how stupid Jar Jar was. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Sorry, not bar cantina. The can- yeah. yeah, that's cantina. right. Again, you know, then, we, then, then, you know, we have Padme that ends up being really stupid. Marries Anakin, which is against the Jedi Code. She should have said, no, sorry, it's against the Jedi Code. I'm not that stupid. But no, <laughs> she didn't. No, no. So technically, we could point the finger at Padme. No one ever questioned her being pregnant. I know, Never. that was the weirdest thing. Not one person. I know. So... Why, why didn't Obi Wan just be like, so? Who knocked you up, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah, not not until she was like nine months along and about ready to pop. Did somebody actually notice? Yeah, yeah. Anakin's. Okay. Which was Obi Wan considered. You know, uh, yeah, it was it was weird. It really was weird. 
Obi-Wan uh, should have known that his yeah. little Padawan decided to go knock up the queen and yeah, first senator. What not there some sort of force power for that? Wait a minute. There's something going on here. What? Force knock up? Force poke? No, no. Just not that. Like, Poking causes pregnancy, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, so let's take a break. Um, you got one more thing? One last thing. We'll do one last um, thing. We'll take a break and then we'll be back. That's right. We will be right back. So digital uh, digital spy reports that uh, the film adaptation of popular video game franchises Uncharted will begin filming in early 2015. Finally, uh, see here. Director Seth Gordon promises to be loyal to the spirit of the game, but not necessarily loyal to the content of the game. Okay, I mean, video game movies are tough. Yeah, they can they be because it's. But I mean, I, I would think though, with a statement like that, he's at least got the idea that it's important to stay true to, to the spirit of it. Yeah, but he's he he is don't have to he, throw in homages yeah, to everything. I, I think that's a good statement because he's saying, "Hey, I'm gonna try to stay true to the spirit of this game, but realize I cannot duplicate this because there are just some things that won't work." I don't know. Well, okay, maybe certain elements of the game wouldn't mm-hmm. work, but like there are certain scenes in have you have either of you played in the Uncharted games? I have not. The um if if you can when the show is over, and maybe if you can find a link up cuz I don't have my laptop with me here. We can Which find ones are Uncharted? Oh, Uncharted? That's on the PlayStation 3. Um look up Uncharted 2, the train scene, the train level. Look up look that up and see if we can post it to our Facebook and just see it's like is it- that is probably the most beautiful well-executed game I have ever seen. Ever. Okay. Nice. For PlayStation. Play- no, <laughs> ever. Just ever. Nah. Like, right. like, mm. I Good almost want a PlayStation 3 just to have that. Anyways, but that's that's neither here nor there. So uh, so after the break, we'll have our Super Gamer Force special. We're going to have something special. <laughs> we'll see yeah. what happens. All right, so uh, we will be back because Baby got back. Yeah. We'll be back. I know, that was horrible. That's so bad. Pretty. 
This is Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager and iCarly, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. When you were just a young girl still in school, how come you never learned the golden rule? Don't talk to strange men, don't be
That's right. Don't talk to strangers. Stranger danger. Oh, wait. Stay away. Wasn't that a uh, wasn't that a Rick Springfield song? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. Okay. Don't talk to strangers. Yeah, don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. Especially if you're a little boy in a rugged going from Krypton. <laughs> hey, little girl. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's just... Yeah, Whoa, let's yeah. That let's one. skip over when that. you yeah. are just a young girl. No. Uh, so, how about that uh, Salt Lake Comic Con? I seriously don't know how that started to go on again. That was weird. What about Salt Lake Comic Con? Uh, Alan Tudyk. Oh, yeah. If I pronounced Alan, his name correctly. Alan Tudyk. Wash from Firefly will be attending. Oh, my gosh. That was amazing when I saw that. Okay. I am, I am stoked. I really wish we could have awesome. interviewed Summer Galau at Fantasy Con. It didn't turn out, but how awesome would how that many have been? people... St- I think they saw didn't. Summer. I no. mean, she was kind of in and out of her booth at all times, yeah. and like I followed her on like yeah. Facebook and Twitter, and yeah. I didn't see any like time postings. Hey, yeah. I'm gonna be here then. But no, that just would have been cool because you know we got Nathan a picture with Nathan and Adam. Yeah. If we can get a picture with Alan and an interview with Alan, because we did get an interview with with Adam, uh, we're closing down on the entire firefight. Class or cast here. I mean, how mm-hmm. awesome would that be? We'd be, be awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, not to say we haven't. I mean, we got some great interviews from FantasyCon. I mean, I think we probably got more than most. Sean Aston, Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd will Nathan be going. That interview will be coming up tonight. Uh, the Christopher Judge interview will be coming up tonight or tomorrow morning. And uh, that's the end of our big ones. And then we have uh, a couple of cosplay interviews that uh, we're looking forward to get posted. Which were they? Uh, Kristen? Chris, Kristen Huey and then uh, another gal. And uh, Amber jumped in and did those. So uh, those will be interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, Amber from Stolen Droids helped us out and jumped in to so big up those interviews. Amber! Yes. Yep, yep. Just saying, shout out. Doll, doll face. <laughs> She has, she, they, she just, I don't know if you you guys have her on Facebook, but she just updated her, her profile background page. Yeah. How awesome was that? That is an (laughs) awesome picture. I know. Well, I mean, it's amazing how hugely tall, much, or tall her husband is compared to her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but they're all in superhero t-shirts, which is awesome. I've always wanted to do that for a family picture. But then she has across there it says dollface and the A is a Mandalorian helmet. I mean that was just like Yeah. She's, how she's got awesome her act together. Is oh, that? Yeah. Yep. Let's see her 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 husband was Batman, she was Superman. One of her boys was uh There's the Flash in there or something like the that. Flash and then Green Lantern. Little girl was uh Wonder Woman. Riley. And I don't know what the little boy is. Yes, sorry, uh, Amber, we are kind of uh, Facebook stalking you <laughs> creeping in the middle of our show. Uh, but the looks of the cape could be Mario. Could be Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, come uh, see here. So now we're getting ready to hit up these Gamer Forges. We should probably mention that the Gamer Forge is brought to you by... A large pile of nothing. No, just kidding. Uh, Epic Puzzles and Games. We didn't even announce them. But yes, uh, we're here live at Epic Puzzles hey. and Games, as we always are every Thursday night. 
and they're doing some magic in the background. We are in the the uh, the dungeon of role playing games and gamery. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have it, come get it. I mean, they've got they've literally got everything. And if they don't have it, they will order it in for you. And the nice thing is, for your inconvenience, they order it in at a discount. I mean, that's just that's unheard of, and it's just amazing. Uh, not only that, uh, actually, this Saturday. They are doing a customer appreciation day. <gasps> really? Uh, that means free drinks, free hot dogs, and there is a uh, there is a coupon for a discount. For real? Yeah. So now is the time the time to pick yeah, up I any think, games. Yeah, or, I think it's like twenty percent off. So I mean that's pretty decent. So if you need to uh, get the latest uh, latest expansion to Red Dragon in or anything like that, slash X Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now is the time to get in to get on the Star Trek Attack Wing. Uh, role-playing games, like you know, Pathfinder, I know, actually, with a 20% Edge, of, uh, Edge yep. of Empire, Fantasy Arena, Iron Kingdoms, yes, Iron Kingdoms, uh, you know, Lords of Waterdeep, there is literally... My perfect, my favorite, Munchkin! Munchkin is amazing. <laughs> yes, Munchkin, pick it up. Uh, literally, we're just looking around the area, like, ooh, what can we suggest? Because there is... So many things. Yep. Yeah. So, so um, how yeah. was your night? Mine was epic. So, literally, you're you're laughing at something. What is so funny? Oh, there's just this picture of two cosplayers <laughs> and an R2D2 and C3PO cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst amount of detail ever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> On the Salt Lake Comic Con page if you haven't seen it. Attention to detail. So, I'm going to share it on our page because yeah. that is just, you need, you need to. hilarious. <laughs> so we do have nine I Chewbacca there. Nine total gamer forges. We're going to try to get through all these. I mean, These are just amazing that these have all been put in here. Uh, and it looks like the some of these are actually 5th edition questions as uh-huh. well, so we're going to try to oh, fill those as best before we can. We, uh, before we start hitting those, we should probably mention that if you, listening at home, have any questions for the Gamer Forge, you can feel free to call us live at 626-226-1475. That's every Thursday from 6 to 8 Mountain Standard Time. You can also reach us at, on our Facebook page. Just look up Dungeon Crawlers Radio or email us directly at info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Come, come, come! What? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! And you can go to www.dungeoncrawlersradio.com. Click on Listen Live. If it was updated, I may have forgotten <laughs> to update the link. But you guys know we're on Blog Talk Radio, so it's okay. Uh, just uh, hop on Blog Talk Radio. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Chat's down there. Subscribe, like, share. We love you. Become a random follower. Yes. I was, no, because, not random. Yes, because they're randomly following us. But after that, they will they will be lovingly following us. There. Okay. There you go. They were randomly, but now that they have subscribed and liked our page and everything, they will be a fellow yeah, culty in the uh, the. And maybe the updating that. The, yeah. Updating no that link right now. No rank and file. Yes. No. You you are counted one amongst our many. Mm-hmm. They give you great great bonuses, like great hair, and amazing intellect, and it may even in- increase your die rolls. Just saying. It's very true. I, I hear that uh, often followers of DCR 
actually get plus one luck bonuses on all die rolls. See? I mean, who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. I thought you yeah. said gyrolls. Die rolls. I might have also said gyroll. <laughs> I don't know what a gyroll is, but I'm going to... I I'm don't either. I'm going to run with this. I'm kind of afraid to Google it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a gyro. Yeah. But uh, the lamb meat without the, the lamb, it's more of a, a mutant goat. It's a mushroom. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we were nowhere near. Yeah. And there's also a One Direction song called Guy Roll as well. I don't want to know what it says in that song. <laughs> All right. All right. So onward to the Gamer Forge. To the Gamer Forge. It is uh, time. Clank, 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 clank. Fantasy clank. Con guy writes in. Oh, so okay. you guys at Fantasy Con, I thought I'd throw a question at you. If a spell gives an enhancement bonus to an attribute, does that affect the base attribute or the modifier? For example, Cat's Grace gives a plus four bonus to dexterity. Would that translate to a plus four to all dexterity checks or a plus four to the base attribute and therefore only a plus two to the skill check? Uh, cleavage. <laughs> okay, we got that one out of the way. <laughs> Sorry, Ben wasn't here. Had to filter it out. Wow. Throw it out there. <laughs> So it, it, this is kind of clear. It specifically states dexterity. So it gives yes. a plus four to dexterity. So that's increased. So if you had a twelve, that moves you to a sixteen. Mm-hmm. It, it's that simple. Yeah. So uh, think of it as think of it in this progression that um, all of your all of your modifiers for attack, skill, and all that stuff will go attribute, then skill rank, then any additional modifiers such as uh, like. Um, uh, was it like luck, magic, um, dodge, whatever? All those other modifiers come in last, and so if your attribute goes up, everything that corresponds to that attribute also goes up. So, including your, um, including things like armor class, ranged attack bonus, reflex save, all of that goes up. So that's what makes Cat's Grace actually so good. Yeah, I mean that that helps everything out. It's Pretty not much. just a. Oh, I just get a plus two to my tumble. No, no. Or a plus four to my tumble. No, it gives you a plus two to that tumble, and it gives you a plus two to your, your thief ability, it gives you a plus two to this and everything else. Mm-hmm. So. Anything that gets related to dexterity goes up because of it. So, yes, it's a little bit of math, but, you know what, I mean, especially handy for, for that spellcaster, for, for whoever mm-hmm. that is, because I, mean, I believe Cat's Grace is a uh, sorcerer wizard spell. Yeah. Um, especially in third edition, so you're going to be so since you're effectively not wearing armor, that's really good for you. Yeah, especially at those low levels. Your armor class is going up as we stare so if, at you. Yeah. So if you are not taking that spell, what is wrong with you? Yeah. All right. I think we hit that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stockton writes in. And subjects bringing the Stockton? team together. Here's oh, okay. the team concept. All characters are currently mortal, but they'll be transitioning soon. So I've also note, noted what they want to change into. I'm, uh, let's see, really bad grammar. If you're going to write in, please, proper <laughs> grammar. Because uh, I'm do I get them to, uh, I'm assuming you're saying, how do I get them to work together? My original approach was no was to know each other and be cool ahead of time, but that's failed. Maybe because I wasn't clear about the level of cool. Fact is, they're doing a decent job of uh, role-playing their characters, but they have no reason to work together because their jobs would actually dictate they don't. So, this is the group as it is. You have a police detective that's a werewolf, 
a uh, person that's part of the CSI, he's a vampire, a college student, which is a changeling, uh, a surgeon, former military, which is a hunter, uh, which, and then a black market surgeon, which is a antisocial sociopath, uh, pretty much like Dexter. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is undetermined. The story thus far, uh, with inside info, a child was taken by a fae from a park slash playground, student witnessed police investigated, set up crime scene, blah, blah, blah. Next day, a kid shows up back at the playground. His, uh, later that same day, the original kid shows up, aged about 60 years. And the murderers, his fetch, and is generally acting like a madman. The characters don't know anything about fae or fetches. The plan is for the keeper to follow and have the results in the showdown triggering most of the changes. The students will then be taken by the keeper. For my purposes, it's going to trigger the first change for the wolf. Yeah, I know that's not exactly canon. I'm chalking it up to stress levels, can do weird hormonal things. All this madness is going to cause the hunter to start his supernatural research. How do I get these characters to start working together? Should I just drop them in the same place or let my keeper scene play out? Well, I'm a little confused by this, just personally, because it's not making a whole bunch of sense, because there's some bad grammar here, but I I had to add some things in there just to make it try to sound sense. (laughs) When you have a bunch of opposing characters like you have a hunter which i'm assuming hunts vampires and werewolves well yeah i mean i'm assuming that based off of the um it kind of sounds like lexicon he's running it looks like they're running a uh, hunter the reckoning that's what i was thinking yeah, vampire the masquerade and stuff like that um using the white wolf mm-hmm. and the um that canon or world of darkness yeah world of darkness yeah. there you go okay i i can this group work together i think it is possible yes any group can work together. I mean, come on. This is all I have to say. The Justice League does it. Why can't they? That's a very fair, I mean, very really, fair analogy. Because even Batman somehow finds a way to work as a team. He does. And Batman is probably the one and only person on that whole team that, I mean, doesn't like working with a team. Yeah. You know, and then you got Wonder Woman that, you know, she, she's good, but push comes to shove, she'll break a guy's neck. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and then you got Superman, the the Superboy Scout. And yeah, he, who has just, no reason to really work with him, has yeah. no need to. No, he doesn't need right. to. He doesn't need their help. He could do it on his own. Yeah. Um, so you have to find, I, I think what it all comes down to, you have to find the one thing that melds or combines the group together. You know, the, yeah. The hook or the story that makes it so they need to work together. Um uh, I, mean, I, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there there is a way, story-wise, to bring them together. You need to give them a cause. Yeah, usually um, usually a high-stress situation, because um, I believe in Hunter the Reckoning, they actually recommend like a high-stress situation that seems pretty improbable, but then suddenly the appearance of the supernatural makes them okay. become... I just had a, 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 an idea that could work. Have you watched the Avengers lately? I mean, there's a whole group of people that didn't want to work together. Yeah. No reason they could. And some bloody cards did it. That's all we needed. Bloody cards. Yeah. Well, and a guy sort of dying. Sort of dying. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but alien technology <laughs> allows him, back him to not die. Kind of be alive. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, you need that catalyst. You need, I, you know, and then suddenly we had aliens swarming at it from 
an mm-hmm. interdimensional portal and yeah. cue yeah. goal. And that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what, um, I, that goes towards the whole necessity yeah. sort of dictates that these people who normally would not work together. So they, I guess the initial, the, the, the problem will be then initially finding that one scenario where these five or six people mm-hmm. will will be together because even yeah. for because even if you get them together for a moment and so i mean a lot of it looks like a lot of them would have good reason to be working in the same office because one of them's well, a police officer i can see is, the police detective and the csi yeah. person working the same well but I mean, then even a college student could be like on an internship yeah so you know could be we, doing we can do like that, that. You, you, so we're combining um, there okay and surgeon the surgeon be, maybe maybe he's the, he's no longer He's uh, the mortician now. Yeah, maybe working in the or make working in like the the pathology yeah. department. So, so okay, so we we've combined four of them now. The black forensic. market surgeon though is a tough one. Oh, underground contact. You know, maybe one maybe the police officer Ooh, detective has there you go. he knows people in low places. Okay, there you go. So, so there we go. We've kind of given you a connection to them all. Now again, they probably already created their own backstory though. Yeah. And so the easy, I would say the easy solution is like, I mean, like let the players and 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 your storyteller come together mm-hmm. and hash this out before it even begins. Yeah, really but, make it easy. Don't just say, okay, create your characters. Okay, let's go with the game. No, w- well, work this out. I mean, make it, it like easy as the, you can. Makes it sound like they're in the middle of playing already. Yeah, if you've if you've already begun, if you've begun. The only way to really make this work is you've got to have. Yeah, some sort of event. A, yeah. I would say create like a just a generic murder case that some of these people are already working on, and for some reason they need to contact the the black market surgeon, and then just as they're all getting together, something happens inside the the rundown shack that the that the that he's working out of. Suddenly, kaboom! You got yourself that initial setup, and then once they're all because now that all five of them can agree that they all saw the same thing. Then you create that one, the catalyst, that, that one big moment that pushes them all together to work a, as a, a team. A fallen archangel that is slaughtering innocents to create a portal to hell. There you go. There that, you go. That sounds almost a little too awesome to be the opening, uh, your opening move. But I don't there you know. Go. It, it, could, could, well, it, it could work. It, well, that could be the premise, but you, you give them little, little things because it's like you know maybe. There's a bunch, you know, they mentioned a stolen child, and then he comes back and he's really aged. Maybe they're stealing the children because the children have such innocent life force. They're having to take that life force that's not tainted by life and reality, and so they're storing that so they can create this portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you got to put the pieces together for them, but that's, you know, that's the overall arc. Yeah. So you got to build up to that. I mean, that just from reading here and thinking, I mean, that's what came to my head. You don't have to do that, but. I mean, that sounds like an awesome story. That can work, and then and a reason out. why all these people would come together. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the black market surgeon wants the the archangel's wings because hey, those could go for a pretty price. <laughs> that, that, that'd be worth something. You know, so that gives him a reason to be involved because yeah. he can see money at the end of it. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, allow for individual agendas. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I mean, but definitely let I've, mm-hmm. first and foremost let let's let the players. Come together yeah. and knock heads. So then, see what they can come up with together. Yeah. Because if 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 the storyteller can make this as easy as possible, great, awesome. That's one less big headache that you have to worry about, and that's more game you get to play. All right. And when all else fails, 
Colin? <laughs> Cleavage. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we don't want to see backside cleavage. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Never good. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, team DCR fan. Uh, wow, I like, didn't know we had our own team. Uh, apparently we do. Uh, hello, we're team. Have, to have jerseys for the company think, picnic. Hello, team think, DCR. Yeah. Help do me. we have a company picnic? Help me, please. We could. Yeah. We should have a company picnic. Yeah, yeah barbecue. With a, with a, yeah, softball Brought. game. Company brats. softball game. Yeah. I like brats. Some sauerkraut. They're okay. Ew. Yeah, sauerkraut. Yeah, you want to you sauerkraut. you want to bring people in, not push them yeah. away. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll bring my own sauerkraut. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, help me, please. I will soon DM a new D and D adventure. Okay. It is in a setting of my own creation, mm-hmm. and new characters uh, will be created for it, with backstories tied to it at least in some ways to the setting. I intend to give my players a lot of freedom on how they approach the world and choose what to do. Now, my concern is this. I have come up with uh, many possible hooks relating to the setting, but I am unsure how to present them to my PCs without railroading them. For instance, the town cleric needs help, but I wouldn't like to start an adventure with the PCs in his office and him already explaining them their mission or overwhelming them with too many adventure choices. On the other hand, I fear that without some form of railroading, the PCs will spend too much time looking for hooks and end up bored, which doesn't strike me as an exciting start. How can I effectively introduce my PCs to hooks in a sandbox-style adventure? <laughs> Piece of cake. So, really? what you do. Okay. Go for you, it. You find Plagoon. Mm-hmm. You take off his dirty socks. And you shove them in someone's mouth. And they can't take it out the whole time. So they have to communicate with their hands. There you go. <laughs> I have no uh, clue where you're taking that. <laughs> well, that does. socks and mouth. That would, uh, that would put people in a pretty bad spot. They'd have to start <laughs> figuring the way out of it. I literally have no clue what to say to that. <laughs> I'm impressed that Colin threw this out, but whoa. Huh. That was like out of not left field, but far right (laughs) down the street and in the next county. (laughs) Hmm. This may be because of my lack of role playing experience. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I understand. That that goes to say something about it, though, because, I mean, having a fresh perspective on things and apparently a pair of dirty socks. Yeah. Especially worn by Flagoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) You guys saw that picture of his foot the other day. Yep. I mean, I have to say, (laughs) this is probably the toughest part of any game, is that first start, because you don't want to railroad them into it. You want to be able to let them, you know, feel like, hey, I can play in this world and it's mine to move around. But at the same time, you do have to kind of lead them in a direction. Because if you don't, let's face it, People will wander. It, it is the most annoying thing. You give them the opportunity to roam a city, they're going to roam a sure. city. And so there's nothing wrong with roaming a city. No, I mean, there you isn't. Can, um, the real problem, I would think, is is giving them, throwing the hooks at them and getting them to take it. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I, I ran into this, and I, again, I hate using personal anecdotes about this, but, like, my, um, I was running, I'm, running Star Wars uh, Saga Edition for my uh, for my friends and I I can like I think I can no longer count on both of my hands how many hooks that I've thrown at them and they won't take it 
Yeah. Not because it, the real problem is getting them to recognize that it's a hook. Yeah. Well, and and not just because it's like um, when you're transitioning from um, you know players who are used to using modules and stuff like that into mm-hmm. a f- more freeform uh, method is that they're like expecting that if I look up, look it up in a book, oh, that must be the direction we go. Not, hey, if I start mentioning something, that mm-hmm. might be a way to go. I should probably explore that. Yeah. And so I think incur- so my, my remedy, what I found worked best for me, this of course might not work well for everyone else, but this is what worked, is that it's like I, um, I flat out told them as the game was beginning, it's just like, at any point, if you feel like going in a direction, go. Mm-hmm. I'll run with it. I'll, I'll go. I'll do whatever. So, but just be aware that sometimes if you go down a direction, I mean, things are mundane. Yeah. You know, it's just like sometimes you go to the corner store to, you know, pick up some, you know, some power converters. That's probably all that's going to happen. Yeah. But maybe not. Depends on how I'm feeling. It yeah. depends on how hard you press the issue. I, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. Another thing is if they are roaming around the city, you know, maybe they can overhear other people mentioning, oh, you know, the the, the, the priest is, you know, looking for some adventurers. Sure. And, and no one's seeming to bite. It's, you know, it must be something dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, it's immediately going to perk up their attention because, yeah, at least somebody. Dangerous, huh? Ah, it can't be too dangerous for us, and maybe they'll try it out or, you know... And maybe they they do shy away from it, and sometimes sure. you have to do those things on the fly. Even though your main story mm-hmm. is this, you have to do like that mundane thing. Like, sure, oh, we're gonna go down in the sewers. So you take them down in the sewers. They find a couple sewer rats. They kill them. Oh well, guess what? You find the big pond of floating poo. Sorry, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. Although that did, that is actually uh, you bring that up. We can take a lesson from. Um, some of the more open world RPGs like uh, like Oblivion and Skyrim and yeah. Fallout, where there are flat out like job postings. Mm-hmm. So like in a fantasy setting, you can look at things like a bounty board, yeah. where they are lo- where it's just a board where people are like looking mm-hmm. for adventurers yeah. to do this apply within. I I used to do that. I mean, when I first yeah. started, uh, that's what very, I used. Very and, easy, elegant solution, and really. it wasn't a bad one. It, it helped because they knew yeah, they could go the back there and find s- some jobs. Yeah, or even better, we can take yeah. that a step further. Um, is And uh, Iron Kingdoms is especially good at this. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, have the group start off as as a full-fledged adventure company, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like give them every reason to actually go into business, become their own mercenary group so that they can make money off of this. You know, give, give them that sense of achievement mm-hmm. where it's just like, Hey, we're not just adventurers, but we're professional adventurers now. Yeah. You know? And so that way they're out looking, trying to not only build their reputation. So they're out actively looking for stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, a good way, to go along those lines, you know, yeah, you, you kind of feel like you're railroading him because, you know, he, you did mention that, yeah, they're automatically in the cleric's office, but put, put a spin on it like you guys have formed an adventuring band mm-hmm. and you have come to the cleric looking for a job because you have heard that this is a dangerous task. And yeah. You know, you guys know that you are the ones that can accomplish yeah. this. And, I mean, you can fit in any number of actual of, really? of, of agendas in there because I'm, I'm sure there's probably people who are, some of them are just looking for the straight coin. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's an easy win. And then some of them are looking to gain prestige, um, you know, for their adventuring company, and, you know, so they can get more work. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and actually achieve that sort of fame. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, starting... When you're starting a game out, I don't think it's that bad throwing that in there. No, throwing absolutely that, not. Yeah, it, it's better than them starting in a tavern and suddenly something happens. If they're immediately starting the game off, meeting the guy that's assigning a job to him, yeah, and that's it's a, not too and bad. It's that overarching yeah. goal. Everyone can be on board with yeah. that. Now, maybe if you you know you've been gaming for a while, they're about level seven, and suddenly you know everyone sits down at the table. You're in front of the cleric. It's like what the crap? I mean, that's that's serious railroading to the point where yet yeah, no one's going to enjoy that. But if yeah. you're starting fresh. I don't think yeah, it's that's a, too bad. But I think that that's just a good way to start a game, period. Yeah. Really, I mean, at, at any skill level, any experience level, whatever, no matter how many years you've been playing, that's one of those things that, like, I'm pretty like everyone can agree on. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, just this nice, I mean, it's, it's pretty broad because anyone can be in that group for whatever reason, but the point is that everyone is in that group working towards that goal. Well, I mean, uh, easy, easy win on that. I'm, I'm going to suggest watch the movie Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I I really like this movie because you are not uh, most movies when you have something like this, you have a build up. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to dig through the crap to get to the point of okay, this is where the story arc's going. That movie within what the first ten minutes, bam, you already knew what was going on. You were hooked, and you were. You know what the the goal, the agenda was. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's what's going to really hook them right here. You know, it wasn't okay. Um, I you know I, I've died several thousand times. I think I'm just going to go kill the big bad guy. No, it was like bam, right off the start. We need to kill these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what you need to do. Jump in there, kickstart the the adventure, and just then from that that point on, then give them that that creativity. To kind of explore everything else, but now they have a uh, they have a target to try to hit, and whether that arrow flies straight or it swerves around is a completely different story. Yeah, you don't want to be like good old Transformers, the new one, and just have a plot that is no one understands, it's a complete mess, <laughs> and the area is so big that you just get lost in so, everything. Yeah, I have watched it a second time. How could you put yourself through that? I did. There you were a lot of kids that didn't. didn't see it and wanted to see it. I I went and saw it again. Just me. Okay. Oh. There were a lot of things that I didn't pick up on the first time that have helped, but definitely I mean, it's still it's still crap. I'm still gonna say it's crap. <laughs> but I think the reason it's crap is it's because it's not a complete story. Mm-hmm. It is the beginning of a. It's like it's like I'm picking up the first book of a three-part trilogy. Yeah, the beginning of when yeah. Optimus Prime goes out for revenge. Goes out after the Quintessons. Um, what I would have liked to see is a complete story that bridged to the... I mean, that was one of the things that I really liked about the first three is they were a, a complete story, each movie. You didn't have to watch the next one to find out what happened. To find out what happened. Because you at least, you know... Yeah, you need to see the first one if you're watching the second or third one to kind of know the backstory, but you didn't need to Yeah, if you didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So this one, you didn't have that feeling. From the beginning, you needed to know what the crap happened in the first, or at least in the third one. Yeah. And then you needed to figure out, you know, maybe watch the first and second one to even figure out these other Autobots. And then it left you just like, what the heck? 
I need to go see the next movie. I mean, it literally, at least with The Hobbit, you know, going in, that you're going to be seeing three movies. Yeah, I I think, though, I mean, in fairness, so I think that a lot of of that has to go with the reputation of The Hobbit. Yeah. Where it's just like, we know what the story of The Hobbit is, for the most, by and large, we know what it is. But But Transformers, we had no idea. Well, no, we didn't, but... Up to this point, every we've seen three Transformers movies that have been a complete story, beginning to end. Mm-hmm. That just have combined to an overall arc. This one, you're just like, it, it didn't have that. It's like, okay, you've set us up for three great, you know, storylines. Do do do, and now it's like, what the crap? Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, well let's uh, transform off. and roll out into the next question. Destructo Boy 2000. But <laughs> whoever this is, that automatically gains a thousand experience from guy named. Do Joe. I hear yeah. Robo Destructicon? No, <laughs> Destructo Boy Two Thousand. Oh, that's still pretty cool. I'm All right, the uh, Robo Destructicon. I am completely interested just from the subject line. Can you put a sphere of annihilation into a bag of holding without tearing a hole in reality? Well, it won't tear a hole in reality, yeah. but... In theory, as long as you can fit a sphere of annihilation into a bag of holding without touching it and costing you your bag, could you put the sphere into the extra-dimensional space of a bag of holding and carry it around as your mobile disposing uh, device slash magical murderer bag, orphan pickpocket deteriorator, <laughs> or whatever, or is that not possible? Dr. Help Henry me out. Killinger. I totally want to do this. Come on, you guys. Know you want to do it right. Too, especially Banner and Flagoon. They're on my side, right? Well, <laughs> so this fear of annihilation, if, you, if any living thing or anything comes in contact with it, it is annihilated. It is yeah, like it's, just it is obliterated. A, the name says it all. I do not know how you could put it into a bag of holding safely. I mean, honestly. All right, well, let, well, let's say that just for some reason they're able to find a way. Okay, so they cast let, some let, sort let, of levitation spell. They have a very yeah, the, the, large the, the, opening in their bag, and they're able to slide it over without anything touching it. Yeah, so, I mean, the methodology aside, let's just say they find a way to do it. So we get the Sphere of Annihilation into the bag of holding with, with no problem. So I, guess, I, I so believe the, the it, question, it would work. So the, yeah, so the question is, what next? Mm-hmm. You would never want to put anything in there. Well, no, see, because here's... Uh, no, well, because it is, it is one extra-dimensional space, correct? Yeah. It is just one space. Correct. So it's not like little pockets. Correct. See, so then, yeah, so then there's going to be the real problem, because and the moment you put anything inside of there... It's gone. It's wasted. Well, I mean, that would be an awesome, However, really cool bag hanging onto your side, and you just leave it, like, hanging well, open see, that's for a pickpocket. Have, have you ever seen the, the Venture Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, this is Dr. Henry Kellinger. And this is my magic mud bag. Yeah. Yeah, see, exactly that. And so you have somebody reach in to grab something. Or you, or you could just be a real jerk and just be like, oh, man, you bested me in combat. Reach in and grab a prize. Boip! <laughs> or you put the bag over someone's head. If you can't get a bag of devouring, I guess that's one way of doing it. I, I think this is possible, but several factors have to come in play. One, you probably have to be able to levitate the object to, to, to the sphere itself. Yeah, the sphere. You'd have sure. to be able to levitate it up. The opening in your bag must be large enough to get around the sphere without your bag or you coming in contact with it. Yeah. Um, but once it's inside, I, I don't see it. The only rule that I know 
when it comes to bag of holding is an extra dimensional pocket cannot exist within another en- extra dimensional pocket. Yeah, which a sphere of annihilation is, is not. not. So, as far as I can tell, at least from my experience and from the rules I've read, unless something is changed, this is possible. Yeah, it's entirely legit. Um, really? It seems like freaky. An inc- yeah, it seems like an incredibly thick move. Um, boy, I'm trying to think of a counter argument about why what would happen. Like, I mean, let's think worst case scenario. You're dead. You put yeah. You put the sphere. Let's say the sphere. Night, so okay. Let, okay worst case say, scenario. No, let's say you the pocket dimension counts as material. As soon as you put the extra the sphere of annihilation in there, the extra dimensional space as vaporized. So then mm. all you have left is a bag. Which then immediately gets vaporized. Yeah. Which then you're holding the bag, you immediately become vaporized. Well, the, another thing is, you know, you get it floating, you're going over, putting it around, and someone bumps you. Yeah. You hit the sphere, and guess what? You're dead. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's. You're that seems like a more likely scenario. Yeah. Um, I mean, some practical applications of that. I mean, imagine though, if you got your hands like on a lich's phylactery, all you have to do is just throw it in the bag. I know. Done. You don't have to take, you know, no complicated uh, spells or rituals or anything. Just throw it in. Done. Uncle Bilbo gave me this ring. <laughs> Gandalf told me I need to destroy it. I'm just going to use this bag. Boop. <laughs> Done. When did he become Australian? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. Horrible. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it was. I wasn't doing an English accent, but yeah. Nope. So, um, boy, yeah, I, uh, ultimately, though, I mean, in all reality, I don't think there's an actual problem with you doing that. Just be really careful, and there, there are hopefully a your lot alignment of doesn't shift. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Uh, D&D and XDM. Okay. How do I help players whose time with previous editions confuses their understanding of D&D 5th edition? So I'm assuming that is the when transition I, from fourth to fifth. When I was for, uh, when I first oh. was teaching D and D fifth edition to my group, one of my friends, uh, most experienced was second edition, kept getting confused every time I asked him for a saving throw because he believed he had written down those stats, uh, hadn't written down those stats yet. I realized that, realized that he was expecting special saving throw names that were modified ah. by the six abilities rather than using six abilities themselves, because I did not clearly specify the new changes to the saving throws. I want to avoid this problem of confusing older edition concepts with 5th edition. Uh, I'm just going to jump through a bunch of the other stuff. Assuming players will default to knowledge based on previous editions were uh, applicable unless they have been told how 5th edition really handles. How do I do this better next time? What strategies have you found to be successful? I mean, my opinion, we're all learning. 5th edition is new. There is going to be a learning curve. It's going to take some time. Um, and yeah. if people are confused, just be patient, you know, and say, no, you know, roll this. You be a little bit more clear in your gameplay because we're all adjusting to it because it's brand new. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've, you've probably picked up the starter set or you're playing the new with the rules uh, online, but, uh, really, boy, that's the, at least in my mind, the truth of it, just everyone needs some time to, to adjust to it. Yeah, especially when you're transitioning from uh, uh, an older system, like second edition, into anything, really. Because, I mean, even the transition from second to third edition oh, yeah. was kind uh, of a You went stretch. from going down to negatives to going up. Well, yeah, but, I mean, like, like, like just, let's look at just the saving throws. Because, I yeah. mean, you had, say, versus, what, poison 
poison paralysis, petrification, wand staves. Um, per second? Yeah, yeah. Was it second edition or first or, or AD and D? Uh, second edition, yeah. it was it was you just had reflex, will, and fortitude. Save. Okay, so then it was but, I think in first edition. Then. But you, you know, there were um, there were res- uh, you know you did have you, know, you say like dwarves had you know they were resistant to sleep. Sure. So yeah. you didn't have to do a save on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, there was a lot of factors to those saves, but there was sure. originally just the three saves. I do think uh, the original uh, AD and D had the extra saves. Yeah, had yeah. Um, uh, and I think what? they've kind of moved a little bit back to that, but not completely, because mm-hmm. uh, your saves are more based on your abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, another idea that just came to me: you know, make a cheat sheet. You know, if you have something like that. You know, uh, this is one thing that my the game the game I'm currently playing in. You know, when we moved over to Hollow Earth, he he had a little cheat sheet for us because it is completely different than any gaming system I've ever used out there, mm-hmm. and it, that was really handy. It helped us kind of figure out, okay, when well, I need to do this, this is what I need to do. So then, is there do we have? Are there are there re- there should be some resources oh, online. Wizards. I mean, just go to Wizards' website. There's tons of resources available for to, you. to try to make that, I mean, to make that transition. I mean, right now, you know, the starter sets out. So, but that doesn't that comes with pre-generated characters. Sure. And you don't. So we don't know how to create characters. Well, and this is in the review I wrote. Wizards, you know, seeing people's remarks on that on their website, I said, okay, hey. So they've released the rules on how to create characters. Yeah, yeah. I been, mean, they're doing really that. doing a great proactive job. They have rules out there. They are not the full-blown official 5th edition rules. They are a hybrid of 3rd and 4th edition um, that are out there for us to use, but they're pretty close to what the final product will be. Uh, the starter set does have the final pro- some of the final product in there, uh, but we're not going to know what the final product is until we get you know, the official books. Yeah. But you know, the saving throws, advantages, disadvantages, that's all in there. Mm. Um, I think the best thing is just be patient. You know, um, yeah, help help yeah, them out. Just remember, yeah, remember and a cheat that because remember you were in that same position that they are in when you're learning a new game. So just you'll learn. I I don't know. I I, I find that it works best for me to uh, go. I um, mean, try to read it with someone who with someone who is in that same position as you. Someone mm-hmm. else who is running that game. So I mean, if you find a if you find any kind of a like a message board or um, a chat room or anything like that, um, you know, try to establish some sort of line of communication with somebody who's in that same position, mm-hmm. and then you compare notes, and so that way you say, this is how I understand saving throws. Yeah. How do you understand saving throws? And if you come up to the same conclusion, to the same, if you get a consensus on it, then that's a pretty yeah. good indicator you're doing it right. Yeah. And well, so then you can then you can pass that information along to the to the players as they're learning the as they're learning the rules, and you can say, okay, so this is what was this is how it used to be, this is what it is now. Yeah. And so when I say make this kind of saving throw, think of it like it was like this. Yeah. And so, and then, and, and then you'll be, be specific when, you, when you're... And not only that, you're going to make mistakes. You're learning this system as well as they are. It's brand new. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been out for a year, and you haven't been able to study it. 
You know, uh, yeah. I'm excited for it, but you know, uh, the gaming group I'm going to be in is going to try it out, and so this is great for me because I'm going to get to try it out as a player before I dive in and try to run it as as a DM because now I get to understand. I'll get to understand some of the mechanics, and then when I go into the DM side, mm-hmm. you know, everything will be made more clear. Um, but at least with that bit of foundation, even you know, even with us beta testing. I know the final product isn't going to be the same that we beta tested. Yeah. So I, I just say be patient. And if you can, make some cheat sheets. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, just have fun. You know, you're, yeah. you're discovering a new system together. Yeah. Use your resources. I mean, look, I mean, wizards, like, 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 like Rev. You're doing said. a great job. Yeah. I mean, just, just search out the terms that you're looking for. And I'm pretty sure they've got the, Their website has tons of amazing, helpful hints and tools on there. Yeah. To they they would be you. remiss in their job if they weren't doing well, that. I think, you know, fourth edition, they didn't do a great job. At, no. At like know? I said, they yeah. would be remiss in their yeah. job if they weren't. And, and then I, fourth and edition, they were remiss in their job. They're really doing it. And it's looking great. So we are below four minutes left. Already? There are still Holy moly. Three Gamer Forges left that we didn't get to. Holy so we're going to have to bounce cow. those to uh, two weeks from now. So, because next week is the 24th, and I don't think we're doing a live show because it's a holiday here. It is a holiday in Utah, so and, happy and, uh, 24th of July, everyone. Yeah. It, it, for, yeah. For those of you not in... <laughs> really, really big deal. For those of you yeah, know, not right? in, in, uh, in Utah, uh, the 24th of July is also National Tequila Day. So, hey. Now, that's a holiday I can get behind. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, margaritas for everyone. So, with that said, uh, we have only three weeks till Gen Con. Uh, we will be at Gen Con. Uh, uh, we will be somehow making the magic happen. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Colin will be left behind. No. Um, it sounded like we, were, we may do a show. We may be doing a show, but we'll, we'll figure we'll, all the details we'll steal out. Steal Amber and yeah. see what we can put together. I can probably talk Drew into oh. coming and helping you out, too. See? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, super, great. the Super yes. Colin Show. Super Colin Show Extravaganza I got boobs. Yeah. I got this. Mm. Hosting, producing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the work. I do would, it all. I would, yeah. No, seriously, I would really love to hear how they answer the Gamer Forge question that night. Hell yeah. Because out of all of... See, if we get Drew, Amber, and Colin, the only person at the table that would have played any sort of role-playing game would be Drew. And Hey, I played two days of D&D. Ooh, <laughs> two days. I threw a you trident at someone. A credit. Nice. You threw a what? A, a trident. trident. Oh, a trident. Okay, I thought you said a train. I'm like, really? Dwarven <laughs> Cavalier. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, as always, uh, we'll be at Epic Puzzles and Game every Thursday night. Check out our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, Instagram, YouTube. Yes, our, our, that's where our interviews are going. Oh. Yes. YouTube, we got to announce it really quick. Okay, YouTube, we're going to be doing a little mini-series. Yes. Um... If you've ever heard of Loot Crates, they are these amazing boxes um, that are filled with just geekery. Um, I've got one right next to me right now, and it's it's just got so I many. I know it's pretty awesome. There's, like yeah. a Donat- I, there's so yeah. much Donatello, like the what, Flash. What's it called? Yeah, the Flash. We've got like the Mario uh, coin thing, yeah. the block, and uh, I don't know. It's gonna be awesome. Me and Ben are gonna do it. We'll do the unveiling of those every month, the day they come out. It'll be awesome. They're, they're literally going to be recording themselves opening this thing up. Yeah, and it's well, a There random... will be bashing of each other, and there will possibly be bashing of some of the things that come in these. <laughs> like, 
like the little Ren, the Ren doll from Ren and Stimpy that Ren and Stimpy's been. All right, so we will be back. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they could hear that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned, uh, as always, to our social media, our website page, and our show. You can always download on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, everywhere. We the are. internet is ours. Yes. All right. Uh, we will catch you soon. This is Revan. That's a guy named Joe. This is Colin. And good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, please get more from your games. And this is where Lord Flagoon would impose his really weird comment. Sh- shall we? Con! It just doesn't sound the same. Yeah. No, no. And he's already done that this year. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll catch you next year. Next year. Next week. Next year. Week, uh, year. Wow. Month. Something yeah, like we'll that. We'll be back. We will. Bye.